Episode. Well, the first of a two-part epic chat about martial arts movies, or I guess maybe that's not really accurate, about conflict movies, fight movies. And uh, as we'll find in this particular episode, there's a dividing line between the reluctant sort of martial arts hero or the reluctant fighter and, you know, the kick-ass, the violence is already in the person, sort of full-on bloodletting type of character. And as a result, the movies range from sort of full-bore, hot-blooded action to sort of temperate, composed drama that happen to have some violence in them. It's a big genre, so we're going to have two episodes talking about it, but to make things a little bit different, my guest, Mr. Salvador Frank, he's going to pick six movies, and I'm going to pick six movies. And in each episode, we're going to talk about three of each. As usual, you should go into the podcast expecting there to be spoilers for the movies being discussed. And you can also expect coarse language, usually from me. Please send your feedback to rankandreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. Check out the website at rankandreview.ca. This is the voice of your host and random Canadian, Mr. Larry Parsons. Thank you so much for listening. Do check out the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. Do, do check out the Terror Table Podcast. And thank you for your ears. So I'm uh, in the basement of Mr. Salvador Frank. We're finally making this happen. We're going to do actually what is going to be a two-episode arc on the subject of martial arts. Uh, you found out that I was doing podcasts and you were curious about it, and I asked you uh, if there was any particular genre that you would be comfortable talking about, yep. and you said martial arts. So I guess my first question for you is why that genre particularly is the one that excited you enough to want to talk about it on a podcast. You know, as a kid watching movies, <clears throat> it was the martial arts movie. You go to Blockbuster, straight to the science fiction or the martial arts section, and we would buy a stack full. And then we would watch them all night long and then have to emulate the movie. Right. Just as a kid, those are the ones that uh, just spoke to us at that time and that age. Um, I have to say even, I remember watching TV as a young kid. And Kung Fu, the TV sh- TV show was on TV. Right. 
And that was huge, huge influence for me. Even before Star Wars. Probably then, that was the one. I remember getting in trouble all the time. I would throw these near-miss roundhouses in front of my toddler brother's face. And my mom was convinced any moment I was going to slip and kick him in the head. <laughs> but again, even then, I'm like four years old, pretending to throw roundhouse kicks to emulate the martial arts guys on TV. Right. Yeah. So your mother wasn't really happy with this being such a violent outlet for you. I don't think the violence was a big thing to her. I don't think. I don't right. remember. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that because we weren't allowed to watch Stampede Wrestling or WWF. Right. We weren't allowed to watch that. But she was okay with me watching kung fu movies. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it is interesting, and we're going to talk about it. I think something about these movies that happened accidentally in this list, uh, even with the, the last-minute swap-out that we're doing here, is that we seem to have half of these movies are like the reluctant hero. We're like, yeah, they can totally kill you five times before you realize it with their hands, but they don't want to do it, man. Right. They're people of peace. Right. They've dedicated their lives to making their body an instrument of death. Right. The you last, can't use it. <laughs> the last thing they ever want to do is use it. And it's yeah. this like hilarious, okay, when and how is this going to be unleashed upon us? Like, we're here to see you kill some people. Right? That comes up in the first five minutes of On Bach. That's right. Um, but it's just an interesting dichotomy. Like, for me, if I saw my kids doing high kits and somersaults in the backyard, I'd just be glad that they were outside and exercising. Like, I'm not going to be bothered by it. Yeah. Um, another thing, because I'm such a genre guy, uh, people who do not like horror movies are like, how can you watch that? It's so violent. It's so brutal. It's like just death, death, death. Action movies, martial arts movies in particular. I just saw John Wick 4 with my kids last night. I'm pretty sure we had a triple digit body count in that movie. It's interesting how no one bats an eye to the death and the violence in martial arts movies. At least it doesn't seem to me to the same degree of horror. Like, why is it okay? I mean, I understand that, like, these are entertainments. Yeah. We're not supposed to be like taking this personally yeah. and believe that every character is, you know, somebody's son or somebody's father. But like, Jason Voorhees hacks up half a dozen people at camp. Yeah. Six, but the raid, yeah. body count is one hundred and fifty-one. There you go. <laughs> and like, how you're a sick person if you watch Jason Voorhees kill twelve, you know. Yeah. teenagers at the lake yeah. but if you watch 300 people get killed in this amazing martial arts movie well high fives all around yeah. like why do you think martial arts movies get a pass for this i i honestly don't know i've never thought about it <laughs> um maybe because of the way let's use horror movies as an example is that they're there to to shock and and gross you out and scare you maybe more Whereas with the kicking, punching, and the kung fu and stuff like that, maybe it's a little bit more fantastical, less less real. Maybe? Well, I mean, some people just don't like being scared, and yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, and I would say, like, the violence is, is an off-turning thing, but the raid is an incredibly violent Incredibly movie. violent. <laughs> so, like, uh, we'll have to just take it on a case-by-case -case movie here. But, yeah. like, it's always just been interesting to me because... Yeah, you gross, how dare you watch that? And uh, then, yeah, when you're watching a kung fu movie, it doesn't matter. People can die left and right, and it's just, it's hilarious and yeah. it's entertaining. Um, in e both cases, I would argue that it is the violence that's bringing the butts into the <clears throat> seats, like in yeah. either case. But also, if you look at some of the older martial arts movies, people rarely die. They just got their ass kicked into submission. Right. 
um, like the the raid type movies, I don't think they're as common. Right. In, in the martial arts genre. Well, increasingly <clears throat> so. Uh, not in this episode, but in the next episode, we're going to talk about a movie called Bone Wolf and Cub. And one of the things that really surprised me about it was the explicit content, considering it's a much older movie. Right. Yeah. But yes, some of the movies do pull their punches. And I think the other thing that's going to be interesting is because you picked six titles and I picked six titles. Yeah. So some of these movies will have been discussed on the podcast before, but it's a free podcast, so everybody can just deal with it. It's right. going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. We can talk about Enter the Dragon again, because it's like one of the most significant martial arts so movies ever about. made, right? <laughs> so like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. But uh, of this particular selection, your picks were On Back the Thai Warrior, um, Enter the Dragon, and The Raid. Yep. specifically. So what about those three particular? Why did like why did you want to talk about those? Well, I guess if we start at the beginning with with Enter the Dragon. Right. It was amazing. It was Yes, you were watching martial arts movies up until that point, but when I saw that, that was game changer. Um I'll give you an example. I remember being 3ish went over to a friend's house. My mom's friend's house. Remember the time, so if I'm three, my mom's only in her mid-twenties. Her friends are young like that, too. And I remember one of her friends has a giant Bruce Lee poster on the back of his wall. He closes his bedroom door, and there's this life-size Bruce Lee. And it's in the, the, the classic Bruce Lee pose. And this young guy's going, do you know who this is, young guy? This is the best martial artist in the world. And I'm mesmerized by this poster. And he's in his bedroom, and he's doing his best Bruce Lee interpretations. And I'm not freaked out by this. I am like, this is the coolest ever. So at three, I kind of knew who Bruce Lee was. A few years later, I actually finally get to see a Bruce Lee movie. And I was hooked. And like, if I didn't like martial arts by that point, I was I was hooked for life. And <clears throat> the, the scenes in the movie, uh, like, especially like the nunchuck scene. Like, there are so many movies that came after that that have been influenced or even try to completely emulate parts of that movie the whole kumite where you come to an island and you fight in a, a tournament that was done dozens and hundreds of times afterwards it's every martial arts movie and every martial arts video game ever ever yeah yeah pretty yeah. much yeah yeah so yeah i i mean i get it definitely uh it's it's Formative in the genre. What about on back? Well, I was just going to say one more thing about that. You know, although Enter the Dragon was copied so many times after that, it's still one of the best. Like they, it had lots of copycats after that, but none, I don't think, had the the impact or the influence that that, that did. Well, because it was also the weird legacy, and we'll talk about it when yeah. we review it. Yeah. I mean, anytime your your star is dead before the movie is released, like yeah. it's going to carry a little extra cultural weight. Right. Yeah. 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 That was it. Was great. And I think you know what the villain was unique. His little hand claw was unique, and even the sub villain who he had to fight in the ring. Those guys were good. They were good villains. Yeah. They were memorable. Yeah. And uh, I like it too. I complain a lot of times about movies nowadays that are all being written by people who are raised more on video games than on uh, on storytelling. Right. But in this particular genre, it doesn't bother me as much 
you got to fight a bunch of the guys, and then all of a sudden you meet a boss, right? Yeah, yeah. And the boss is going to be tougher to deal with. And <laughs> it's funny because Enter the Dragon isn't borrowing from any video games, but that structure is absolutely present. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, I don't know, of some of the older movies, that one still holds up. I can watch that, and I'm not tearing it apart. I, I watch it for what it is, and, uh, it, yeah, it, it holds up for me. Um, maybe some of the cinematography and maybe the audio is a little dated in that sense. But the premise and, and the moves, it, it's still... Yeah. If it we'll comes save on it TV, for the review. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. as far as the selections that you made for this episode, there was that, there was Ongbach. Ongbach yeah. came in a time when I was heavily into my Muay Thai and kickboxing. Um, there hadn't been many like that before. So the, all of a sudden, I'm in this sport, and one of the best movies is representing that sport. It was like, oh, finally, one that's speaking to me. Those moves, yeah, I did those moves last night. Now again, some of them are Hollywooded up, and they're a little extravagant, but they're based in some real Muay Thai moves. Um, and, and it spoke to me. So it always remained one of my favorites. Um, it's got a little bit of comedy. Uh, I've been to some of the places where they filmed. Well, that's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and when I was training in Thailand, I actually met a couple. They're Muay Thai guys, but when they weren't fighting, they were stuntmen. Okay. So you got to kind of talk to them. And they had worked on a Steven Seagal movie that was filmed in that area, too. So it was interesting to Lucky talk Lucky bunch. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it was kind of cool to talk to those guys and find out, like, yeah, they're athletic. How do you make a living? Well, you're going to go film some movies when they're in town. Right. Yeah. Um, and that, I guess, leaves The Raid, which is the most recent, <laughs> obviously, of all of these. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it, that's a movie that, for me, kind of got me more excited about martial arts movies because it's been a while since I was... Yep. A new one had kind of kicked down the door. And between this and the John Wick, you know, franchise, action seems to have been kicked up another notch lately. Yeah. Well, with The Raid, I stumbled upon that one. Nobody recommended it. I think I was flicking through, and I found it by accident. I didn't know Indonesia had a martial arts movie industry, um, and I was blown away. It uh, definitely does the job. Um, so yeah, those were definitely representative. Um, my, my list was a little bit different. It was called Scrappy Pictures that, that originally was done that. So, uh, they are about fighting, but their genre is a little bit less specific. Uh, Warrior is, I, I guess the first truly like big, big MMA movie. Like. That's done well. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Hardy, I guess at the time he wasn't quite the Tom Hardy that he is now, but I think this was one of those transformative roles for him that really brought him into the main stage. But it's not as traditional a martial arts movie as, like, Ong Bak. Or, yeah. um, so, that's okay. Man of Tai Chi is absolutely a very, very, very traditional martial arts movie. What's interesting to me about this one is that Keanu Reeves is A, playing a bad guy, which we don't see that often, and B, he directed the movie, which we'll, we'll talk about when we get to it. Yeah. All of these years that he spent doing the Matrix movies and doing all of these things leading up to it, like, the man knows, he's shot enough action sequences yeah. that he knows to shoot an action sequence so it was kind of interesting to me i'm not one of these people that just because an actor wants to try their hand at directing them immediately shields up like 
if you've been on enough sets and you've worked with enough directors, why wouldn't you have picked something up? Mm -hmm. There's so much downtime on a movie set. If you're not learning something while you're there, then you're... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe the most bizarre, uh, like, out, out there one is Red Belt, which is um, from writer-director David Mamet. And uh, it's a specific type of martial arts, which the name is now escaping me now that I'm trying to talk about but uh, it's called BBJ. But what's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yes. Um, and it's all about this sort of rigid sort of rules and, and uh, how you maintain your honor and your loyalty almost above his everything code. else. His, his moral code. And how the code is actually used to, against him, almost defeats him before he has a chance to prove his physical worth. Ah, uh, and it's just a strange thing. When you think martial arts movie, I, at least for me, my mind doesn't go to David Mamet right away. <laughs> so we got quite the range to yeah. discuss here. Yeah, today. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Is there anything you want to say by way of introduction before we, like, jump in? No, man, I'm all good. Let's do it. These six movies, just, I know we've already mentioned it, but just for the cheap seats that we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about Enter the Dragon, On Back the Thai Warrior, Warrior, Man of Tai Chi, The Raid, and Red Belt. Thanks. Roper, Williams, and Lee, the Deadly Three, penetrate the secret chambers of an evil island empire. What do you know about Han? He lives like a king on that island, totally self-sufficient. A fortress without walls, protected by an invincible army that needs no ordinary weapons. This is Enter the Dragon, the first martial arts film produced by a major Hollywood studio. John Saxon is Roper. He was in it for the money. U.S. karate champion Jim Kelly as Williams. He was there because he had no choice. Black Belt Hall of Fame undisputed martial arts champion and international film star Bruce Lee. His job was to get them out alive. I'm hoping you'll join us, represent us in the United States. You want me to join this? Roper, Williams, and Lee. Just when they think they've broken the secret of the island, they find there is no escape from the inscrutable Han. Warner Brothers presents Enter the Dragon, where the world's greatest martial arts athletes meet the ultimate challenge with the most ancient and deadly of weapons, the human body. Enter the Dragon from Warner Brothers. <laughs> so we, uh, we talked about in the introduction how you just can't underserve how huge and culturally influential Enter the Dragon was. A big part of that was, of course, Bruce Lee. I was born in 76, so by the time I, you know, my brain was computing the world and registering things in any kind of real way, this was a little bit behind. But I was a big comic book reader, and I remember all over the place in, like, the old advertisements in those magazines, Bruce Lee was everywhere. Bruce Lee nunchucks, Bruce Lee headband, Bruce Lee anything they could sell you and uh it, it was just a very specific time in the zeitgeist where you know everybody just agreed that evil knievel and bruce lee were like the two coolest people in the world and there was no discussion that needed to be had but bruce lee then dies 
right before the movie comes out and the movie is huge internationally like still it's one of the highest grossing movies of all time if you measure it by the amount it cost to make the film yeah. versus the amount of money that the film made it's, very profitable for it's, somebody it's huge yeah. huge yeah. huge and obviously it's known for being this great martial arts movie but on this particular pass of it what i found interesting is that it's actually kind of a mix of genres i think what they're going for you got definitely the martial arts that's right up front and center but there's a little bit of black exploitation into the mix, I would say, and a little bit of James Bond spy thriller. A little bit of spy stuff in there. Yeah. And then it also has this ugliness, because like the movie deals with things like human trafficking. Yeah. And like yeah. Uh, real life and death stakes. Um, but it still wants to be a fun, basic action movie. And I do think that the movie succeeds on doing all of these things, but when you say all of that out loud, this is all of the things that the movie is at once. It sounds ludicrous. It sounds like it shouldn't work. And that it should be a mess. And my point is that it isn't. <laughs> it, it worked very well. Yeah. And especially at the time. Um, <clears throat> just the... Well, again, a lot of the Kung Fu movies that we were getting at that time were all dubbed. Yeah. They weren't even necessarily great quality. And then this one comes along, and you can tell. They, they upped the production quality. They had brand name actors like Bill Saxon. Yeah. It was a game changer. And then, like you mentioned, uh, Bruce Lee died at, upon the release there. People were capitalizing on him after his death. Oh, for decades. Where there were all these knockoff movies that had Bruce Lee on the cover with maybe a change in spelling or a lookalike who happened to be also named Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee with one E or Bruce <laughs> L-I, right? And there's a ton of those movies. And I can even say, as a kid, I got... They made some money out of it. They did. They did. I picked it up off the shelf, but this isn't Bruce Lee. Yeah, there was a lot of that going on. Well, um, again, in the next episode, we're going to be talking about a movie that came out in a similar time frame, which I don't think has aged gracefully at all. (laughs) Whereas I do think this has mostly aged well, but I will say there is something about the Bruce Lee specific delivery that I think is very easily make funnable. It's very satirable. Like, only Bruce Lee can get away with these high-pitched yelps that he does. Yeah. Like, yeah. anyone else is just, it's an homage to Bruce Lee, or it's just not cool. It was his signature, those those noises. Yeah. But it's a weird choice. <clears throat> it stands out for me when I'm watching it. Like, he doesn't just hit you. He, gives, he adds a little extra sound effect yeah. as he hit you. Like, does that help him in his martial arts? Again, I am not a person who studied martial arts or no, like a... <clears throat> I studied a little bit of judo when I was very, very little, and I took boxing for one year. But, like, that's it. <laughs> well, when you are boxing, martial arts, anything, you do actually exhale. And they call it intrathoracic pressure. Right. It gives your body rigidity. Uh, it also prepares you for a counter strike. But your muscles aren't soft. Your stomach isn't soft, and you're not going to get the wind knocked out of you. Is it necessary for him to make that noise? No. But it's specific. It's a character. And I sort of think of it as sort of a intimidation, maybe. Like, like not only am I going to beat you, but I'm going to sort of taunt you with this weird noise that yeah, I make. Yeah. And, like, when he's training the kid, the, the students, I was going to say kids, but they are to him kids. Mm-hmm. It's really established early in the movie that there's nobody close to being competitive with him. Like, one whiplash punch with that wet meat slap, and you are done. Right. And 
we believe it, but this means that you're going to have to set a very significant evil up against him. Yeah. And I do think the movie is successful with this main villain and his lead hand that he likes to beat people to death with. Right. And the fact that he's, like, cheaty. Yeah. I, like, when I was a little kid growing up in small town in Canada, or in Alberta, I'd be like, he's cheaty commie. He's a cheese. It's not fair. It's not fair what he's doing, right? Right. Um, And that's what you want. You want the hateable villain that that is, if not a worthy adversary, is, you know, something that's going to have to be overcome. Yeah. Um, When we get to the side characters of uh, John Saxon and, sorry, what was the name of the other gentleman? Uh, Um, uh, Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly. Uh, They don't, I mean, they're fine in the movie. But they don't successfully come out from under the shadow of Bruce Lee, I don't right. think. No. No. No, and it's funny that at the time, John Saxon was way more established actor. Absolutely. And, yeah, he's not lead lead billing in this movie at, at all. Well, it's not his movie. No. Um, but the three of them are working together because they know the guy who's organizing. I guess we can talk plot, such as it is. Sure. <laughs> this, this criminal gangster human trafficking, drug dealing, scumbag, has organized this uh, competition amongst all of these great uh, martial artists as a way to uh, show how powerful he is, first of all, and recruit more thugs into his sort of thug army. Yeah. And uh, Bruce Lee has had personally been affected, his family has been personally affected, his little sister was involved in the the slave, and she ends up being a fatality. And... So, 100% personal. But it's strange, because you would think something that's going that dark wouldn't be fun. Like, But the movie, as hard as it hits with the villains, still wants you to just sort of nod and smile along with it. Yep. And I think it's something you could only really get away with in the 70s, right? Yeah. Like the Shaft in Africa era. Like, it's about slavery, but let's all have fun, you guys. Right, right. <laughs> You know, and it is. It's fun, and it's um, at times Bruce Lee has a a cheeky little tauntiness to him, and, and that's the humor of it at times. And just the fact that, like, it's absolutely sets. I mean, I'm sure there were martial arts movies before this that had a tournament or whatever, but like every video game and every martial arts movie, whether they want to or not, is boring for this. It'd be like yeah. making a shark movie post Jaws. Yeah, there's just no way that you're not going to be influenced by this movie. <laughs> and almost none of them compared. Um, you get to Jean-Claude Van Damme, got close, I guess, with his. But that was probably 20 years after the fact, before they had another good one like that. And you're right, the, the format, the genre, video games, movies, it's, it's everywhere. It yeah. follows <clears throat> that formula. So, do you have any veracity on the sort of the weird curse legacy, the Bruce Lee, Brandon Lee thing? No, it's it's, <laughs> it's weird in that you have a father and son, yeah, both of whom died arguably right before their biggest success. Coincidence? Yeah. Um, it makes for great Hollywood lore, lore. Yeah. but yeah. Um, and again, I have to say, I am massive fan of the Crow. Loved it. <coughs> One can't help but wonder yeah. where Brandon Lee would have been if he didn't get killed in that. <clears throat> and one must wonder, like, I, again, the situation around Bruce Lee's desk uh, is, is very debated as well, but, like, 
where might he have gone from here? Like, oh yeah, if Bruce Lee was still alive today, what would his catalog of films look like? Would Enter the Dragon even still be in the discussion? Right. Could, there's a good possibility he could have even made something that trumped that. Right. Um, he seemed the type of person to be motivated enough. Um, and after this movie, I, people would have thrown money at him to make even bigger budget movies. Yeah. Well, he could sell anything yeah. to anybody yeah. at this point. Yeah. So the, the chances are that he would have made more great movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my hope would have been that he didn't taper off and just start doing crap <laughs> towards the mm-hmm. end and just give us a bunch of... Or if he turned into Steven Seagal or something yeah, like that, Yeah, right? oh my gosh, right. <laughs> that would be disappointing. <laughs> it, it would have been. But we'll never know. One, one could hope that, it, yeah, he would have he would have been big. Yeah. yeah. And we could have been spared the old Elvis syndrome, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, also, for martial arts fans, Bolo Young, one of the key henchmen, he's huge. You'll see him in a lot of uh, Tons martial of movies. arts movies. Most he, he might even probably. still be working. He's the big bad at Bloodsport. Yep. Jackie Chan is in the movie. <coughs> oh, so he, he gets thrown around by Bruce Lee in one of the scenes. He's just one of the minions running around. I did not know that. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure if you look it up on YouTube, he's blinking, you miss it. He's just one of the guys that gets thrown around okay. by, by, by Bruce Lee. But Jackie Chan's <clears> in the movie, and it, it's like a big deal to him that he got to work with Bruce Lee, right? Wow. I, so I, yeah. Trivia. I did not know that. And another reason to watch the movie again. Absolutely. Look carefully for Jackie. A lot of movies made in this time do not hold up. I find like there's just once you get to 40, 50, 60 year old movies, it's just the zeitgeist has changed so completely that it's hard to get excited about the movie or it really has to have something important to make it relevant. Mm-hmm. And even then, a lot of times you'll watch it with the, those sort of conditional response yeah the acting's a little weird or yeah the presentation's a little weird but <coughs> excuse me mm-hmm. you don't have to do that with enter the dragon no. at all no it doesn't need to be apologized for <laughs> or explained just give it to a young person and say well, you like martial arts watch this yeah there's a scene towards the end of the movie and again it's you've seen it in a thousand ninja or martial arts movies where bruce lee has a fight in a room full of mirrors and there's similar things that they do in john wick but nowadays I still find myself asking, where the hell did you put the camera? Mm-hmm. But nowadays, they have computer technology that they can actually, like, delete the crew if the crew is in the shot. Like, right. there's all sorts of stuff. There's workarounds. But back then, that Not was all when skill. This was made. That was just in-camera skill. Take after take after take had to be just perfect. Because if it was a millimeter or two to the left or the right, any camera shiver, if he's a little bit off his mark... Yeah, we can see people in the reflections of the mirror. Like, yeah. you got to really appreciate the effort that went into that, you know. And Yeah, when you mention it, and I look back, you go, amazing. And then, it makes me think, how many movies afterwards are borrowing from that scene? Many, You just many, mentioned it. Many. John Wick. Yeah. John Wick, definitely. Like, he's got at least two movies that borrow from that scene. Yeah. And again, like, we, they can do so much more, just because they can do it. Yeah. And, uh... At the time, this was John Wick plus plus, oh, and yeah. its cultural impact is worthy. Oh yeah, I can tell you, um, everybody was emulating Bruce Lee at the time. Numbers for martial arts across the board for people wanting to take martial arts went up, and I get that from my kickboxing instructor, who was there at the time. He was of that age. He they were teaching. Um, the Bruce Lee movies come out. 
their numbers just skyrocket with people knocking on the door who want to learn martial arts. They weren't even teaching Kung Fu. Honestly, even in small town Alberta, a bunch of white kids wanted to be Bruce Lee. Yep. Like this was yep. unprecedented. And I can tell you, every one of us went into our dad's garage, cut up a broom handle, and made some nunchucks. Yep. <laughs> and you'd sit in the backyard for hours, whacking yourself, learning how to master nunchucks. You had me at whacking yourself. <laughs> yeah. Crack in the head. Well, I'm going to do it again until I get good at this. And you actually had to include the sound effects. Oh, yeah. We had the cat call Bruce Lee places. <laughs> And you know what? Nobody batted an eye. Nobody's parents. Everybody knew what you were doing. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> Is there anything else you want to say about Into the Dragon? No, man. No. I think we have. He perfected his art through years of sacrifice in a place he called home. Protected by a sacred power, he lived in peace with the only family he had ever known. But now, a single act of betrayal will awaken a cruel destiny. With their future lost to fear, all that gives them hope is the courage of the man who will sacrifice all he believes to win back their greatest treasure. you to discover the action phenomenon that's taking the world by storm. That makes sense. Muay Thai being he is Ong Bak the Thai warrior. Um, Ong Bak the Thai warrior is as far as the story that's being told pretty much bull standard, right? Yeah. There's a Buddha statue at the edge of town and this. The head of it is stolen and the fortunes of the town are, are all wrapped up in this thing. So they recruit the peaceful warrior, played by Tony Ja, to go and, uh, and re replace the head, find the head, and, and redeem the, the honor of the community. Yep. And he has to do this without being corrupted by all of the evils of the big city. And he meets a relative there, and, uh, you know, originally he's getting taken advantage of, and he has to learn some hard fish-out-of-water lessons. And again, all of this sounds so industry standard. Why in the world are we going to talk about it once, let alone twice? Well, the action sequences in this movie are next level. And instead of it being shot in careful angles so that we can see, make it look as brutal as possible, full body contact is being made yeah. at all times. And there's a show-stopping moment early in the film where you... 
everything is set up like he's finally being put into a place where he has to fight a guy. And you're like, okay, let's get ready. You sit back in your chair, here comes the fight. And one kick happens, and it's all over. To me, that is the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. <laughs> Just shoot the guy, right? <laughs> Boom. But Done. it's not what we were expecting. Like, <clears throat> everything was going completely the way we were expecting it to go. Yep. And then that happened, and then you was like, okay, well, I'm impressed, <laughs> but that was not what I was expecting. And everybody else in the movie reacts the exact same way. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're all on the same page, and okay, this is different. And you sit up a little bit, and you're like, okay, all right, all right, I'm um, back. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's see what you got to bring. So, yes, they do do some wire work, and some of it's pretty obvious, but... People are taking real hits. They get paid extra to take a real knee to the face. And I remember watching it recently, and that was my take on it too, that you probably wouldn't be able to film like that in North America. The stuntmen aren't going to take those kind of hits. That's the kind of movie you're filming overseas. That's my opinion. And they're taking hits and... They're ramping up the speed to make it look brutal and like they're doing things to help it, but... When you jump through the air and you land on somebody with your knee, like yeah. you're, you're making serious physical contact yeah. with them. And maybe we shouldn't get like more thrill out of that, but the amount of, oh, oh my God, <laughs> while you're watching the movie. I think now we've seen makings of movies. You can see a Hollywood punch from a mile away now. Yeah. You know he didn't make contact. But when you see a guy take a knee to the face and he flies backwards <laughs> off a motorcycle, you had to take a little bit of that impact. Yeah. That can't be faked in that sense. Now, I'm sure that they've practiced it. They're stuntmen. They're, they're acrobats. And they're taking precautions. But, man, people are getting beat up yeah. to film this movie. And they're also just... Uh, what are they called? Those those cart... Those tack-tack carts? Tuck-tuck. Tuck-tuck carts. Yeah. There's a chase sequence in this movie involving those. And you've sort of seen them in a lot of these sort of martial arts-style movies. But to actually incorporate a chase in it was kind of funny. And all of a sudden, it goes from less of being about him throwing elbows and knees into people as how he manipulates his body through a crowd and through obstacles in a way that is so swift and so, like, effortless looking. And to me, when I was watching those scenes, I was finding the Jackie Chan influence. Yeah. The acrobats, the movement, the... He wasn't being humorous. He was always straight-faced. Yeah. But even some of the... Tuck- and his... his uh, his cousin, who plays his sidekick in the movie, the humor came from them and some, even some of the villains. Um, well, he played it straight face the whole time, but I found it influenced at least by a, a Jackie Chan type movie. Well, it, the movie is definitely guilty of what I was talking about at the beginning of this. The guy who doesn't want to fight, yeah. doesn't want to fight, but then kills everybody. <laughs> Just yeah, absolutely, he destroys everybody who comes in, <laughs> and he somehow throughout the movie still remains innocent in a sense. Yeah, he he keeps his integrity, his personal yeah. integrity. Yeah, um, it gets complicated because of it's his cousin. I'm trying to remember. Is this yeah the he, guy that that the other guys from his village? Yeah, but he's been in the city long enough that he has been corrupted by totally. the gambling and by the drugs. And when he first sees this guy, he's just trying to play him. But they do eventually get this tenuous respect for each other. The movie sort of. Spending time on that, I'm less interested in that, if I'm honest, than him throwing knees into people's faces. But it doesn't suck. It doesn't, like, hurt the movie. Yeah, the storyline didn't suck. It set the plot for why all this action happens. I was surprised that they went so far as to actually kill 
his buddy. Like, uh, I thought, like, they were going to have this mutual respect, the relationship would be damaged, and then it would be better. It'd be like every Judd Apatow comedy, right? Right, right. They're friends, then they're not friends, and then they're friends again. Right. Except for in the end, they're, they're <laughs> didn't work out. Didn't work out, yeah. I don't know, is that... I don't know who wrote it, but is that a foreign, <laughs> a foreign thing that it didn't follow the typical? It is very typical of movies from this part of the world to sort of jump genre from scene to scene, moment to moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of more American-centric movies or European movies, we have a story and we have a genre. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times you'll have a movie that's kind of funny and then gets super serious and then gets a little bit melodramatic. That's usually where it stubs its toes for me, is the sort of, the the shrieking, no, moments. (laughs) Or the things that you just have to learn to forgive if you're a fan of the genre. Bad dubbing. It really sucks when I can tell whoever is actually giving the performance is clearly giving a really good, really strong, committed performance. But the person who does the dubbing is like, I'll get you, sucker. Oh, horrible dubbing, yeah. If you have the option to watch it with subtitles. I did. Do it every time. The sec- the, the, yeah. So I actually have the North American version on disc, but when I watched it streaming, I watched the the dubbed version. Right. And if you read the subtitles, it's even a slightly different story. Um, In some cases, you lost a lot of movie, too. <clears throat> the Protector, that Tony Jaa movie with the elephants. Yeah. There's yeah. a move version of it that's 40 minutes longer than the one we got. Okay. It happens a lot, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I actually enjoyed the watching the dub version because I'm reading the titles and I'm going oh okay that I didn't remember them saying that to each other but I guess that's something lost in translation probably in the original that I watched honestly even with animated movies like Miyazaki movies I would prefer the subtitles because I don't know the performance just seems more genuine you know and certain things sort of like watching a spaghetti western with Clint Eastwood you just have to accept that there's going to be dubbing and you just yeah you you, you Accept it because that's what you have to do to enjoy that kind of movie. Um, yeah, in this one, you just have to sort of... The only the only hurdle to get over is the familiarity of the story. But the fights are different than you've tended to see, and that still holds up to today. So up until that part, they didn't have many Muay Thai action movies. They were Kung Fu, Karate, maybe Ninjas. But at that point, you, you weren't seeing the brutal knees and the elbow strikes. <clears throat> that was all new. And again, that spoke to me hard because that's what I was doing for my hobby in the evening. So I'm like, yeah, I, I just did did that movie last night. Like, it was amazing. Um, and then they amped it up. They, they they Hollywooded it up a little bit with flying knees across the room and cracking a helmet open with a, with an elbow or something. I was going, this is awesome. <laughs> but I wasn't the only one. Not just because it spoke to me. Friends who had never practiced Muay Thai thought it was refreshing to see it was new it was i thought it was filmed very well like the fight scenes yeah they, they really like you were mentioning the the energy was conveyed very well the strikes you're like yeah, that would hurt ow yeah. but again going back to him running through the market sequence i started thinking, done well i was thinking parkour yeah you know yep. like there's uh i don't think at the time they were filming it that's what that would have been called but that's very much what he was doing very right? much so yeah and so people who like that, like, it's not just a brutality show. It's a real display 
of how you can use these skills in to evade, yeah. to escape, to it's not just about kicking ass, but even the evading is incredibly impressive and entertaining to watch. It's not like he's running away like a coward. He's running away like a badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, it was it was it was great. So I don't know. It, like I feel like I'm just like going to be an echo chamber. But what works for the movie is what we come to see in a martial arts movie. Unlike other movies that I may be talking about later on, it's not going to get bogged down <clears> and <throat> sort of sniffing its own farts. It's going to try and give you the action as well as it can as quickly as it can. The question comes is Tony Jaa as the actor. I mean, obviously, physically, and the martial arts, absolutely. Yeah. The movie somehow manages to go by with me leaving the jury completely out as to far as his ability to be an actor. Like, I don't necessarily think he sucks, but he certainly didn't impress me in that. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Fan of his for his athleticism and stuff like that, but he's not winning any awards for acting. Yeah. And I also judge movies that he was in after that. He's just not a fantastic actor, but he's not a horrible actor either. And you also, in this movie, obviously speaking his own language, but I've seen him in some other things where he's I've got a few lines in English, and with not speaking the language, that's a real hurdle to get over to get into your performance. So yep. it's hard to judge. But regardless of how you feel about him as an actor, I mean, people didn't go to Arnold Schwarzenegger movies because he's an amazing actor. Like, <laughs> this guy can like do a flip in the air, and, like climb a wall of glass and do a flip, and like yep. it, it. It is a display of martial arts, and uh, it's in, an, in a very easy to devour package. You know? Absolutely, and so when I looked at it, I'm going, really? It's 2003 already. So like. 20 years ago yep. that time flew for me by the way but <laughs> but I'm going it still holds up 20 years later it still holds up it feels like it could fit in contemporary yep. cinema with the raid and the John Wicks very much and so. I think that's why it was 20 years ago but at that time it was a real like level up it was. For, for, for martial arts <clears throat> it was a level up and to let you know how much of a level up it was I have a poster hanging in my office <laughs> the on back cover is upstairs right now in my office and when I'm creating in my my, my my creative studio there on back is over my shoulder he's got your back he does absolutely <laughs> so i found that poster in a movie store i think that was going out of business they were just giving them away i was excited to find it so i framed <laughs> it and now it's in my office so to give you an example how influential that movie was for me i took the time to frame it and put it in my office sweet yeah is that enough fun on yeah back? yeah planet is that's what we're gonna find out Brendan it's me pop what are you doing here Tommy's back did he say if he wants to see me I'm proud of you Tommy what you did for that kid the tank what was I supposed to let him drown Tommy Reardon you saved my life look Brendan the bank has got to go by the new appraisal figures you're upside down on your mortgage how much do you need? I didn't come here for long, Frank. I was hoping that you would train me. Are you serious? Do it! I thought we agreed that we weren't going to raise our children in a family where their father gets beat up for a living. Brendan, you're a teacher. You got no business in the ring with those animals. Actually, I used to be one of those animals. Guess I forgot to put that down on my application. There's this big tournament. Top 16 middleweights in the world. But when it takes all, 
I'm gonna need a trainer of that much you were good at. Frank, I need this. I got a family to protect. Everything I do is for them. What's going on up here? Daddy is now a princess. Mom needed you. I needed you. You're my big brother. You bailed on me. I was a 16-year-old kid. What the hell did I know? You had a choice, okay? You had a choice. So Warrior, which is already significantly older film now, was came out in 2011. Um, it's sort of the mixed martial art MMA movie, like at least the big one that everyone talks about when it comes out. Yeah. And uh, as a result, I, I didn't see the movie until relatively recently because, full confession, and I hope I don't lose a lot of points with you, I am not a big fan of MMA. I, I mean... Get out. I, I, get, I cast me out. Well, it's not the thing that brought me to the movie. Like, it's the actors that brought me to the movie. And it was the fact that, like, it, it's a big deal to people in certain circles. It, uh, it wanted to be the Rocky of its age. And a lot of people think it should have been the Rocky of its age. And what we have here is a story of three broken, violent men. And their relationship with each other, and how it all culminates in these two brothers having this epic grudge match for a million dollar prize, or five million dollar, thank you, prize, uh, in a very public forum. Yeah. A very personal conflict in a very public forum. And because of the acting, because of the directing, because of the presentation, because of cinema, and my fan <laughs> cinema as a whole, I found it to be very emotionally filling and effective. Like it kind of got to me, and it's sort of this like really sort of bro level. Like that I this is these are not the characters that genuinely I search for, that I relate to, or in a lot of ways tend to like. Like the Tom Hardy character, if I was to meet him at a bar, you wouldn't like that. I <laughs> would not get along with that dude. Right, right? we're yeah. on a different level, and like he's had a hard life. And he deals with it by hurting people. Dang. And on some level, he enjoys hurting people, right? And he's very broken. And uh, his brothers, on the surface, got it all together. He's got the wife, the kid, the family thing happening. Uh, but because the promise of the world, you know, you work hard, you're going to work, things will work out for you, hasn't paid off for him. He is sort of the noble warrior being drawn back into this. Gotta save the farm, man. Because he's got to put meat steaks in the freezer. He's yeah. got to keep the house going. Yeah. Everybody's motivations are absolutely clear. And, again, I'm going to give a lot of the credit to Gavin O'Connor. Because it's the second time he's done this for me. Uh, another, I'm going to lose more credit with you. Not a big hockey guy. Right? Nope. He, he did this movie called Miracle. Okay. Right? I've never seen it because it's, I don't enjoy it. It's a sports hockey movie. Mo- it's a hockey, hockey movie. Movies. But Maybe you'll enjoy this one, because the same director, again, there was no reason for me to like Miracle, really, and I liked Miracle quite a bit. There was a lot of things working against me going into Warrior, but I really, really like Warrior. Like, in another episode, we're going to talk about a movie that won Best Picture, and I think this is twice the movie that that one is. Right. And I also want to give a special flag, because we're going to talk about Edgerton and uh, 
and Hardy a lot, but Nick Nolte, who has always been a great actor, does a great job. Is really fantastic here because his character. The more we learn about him, is he's kind of irredeemable. <laughs> like yeah. he's just this despicable person, but you can see him wanting to change. He doesn't deserve forgiveness. He doesn't like, like he, he can't undo anything that he's done. But the fact that he wants to try and figure out a way, even though he doesn't understand how he's going to do it, yeah. makes you like him. But also, I also found that his motives were sincere. Yeah. It wasn't like he's going to get rich off his sons or anything. No, nope. his motives were one hundred percent honest and pure. And his kids weren't having any of it. They weren't. He was such a bastard. But he earned it. Yeah. He earned he his was a, position. In his past, he was so horrible to his kids that they just can't get past what he did. Like, still, uh, the Edison character hasn't spoken to him. He hasn't had access to his grandkids. Like, yeah. it is not a small conflict that they're over. No. And even when all is said and done, you don't get the feeling like they're going to no, be... This, no, tomorrow, the wind doesn't matter. They're still not talking. They're not going over for barbecues at Grandpa's house. But the brothers are closer, and I think that they're closer to understanding where their father's violence came from. And that that same violence does exist in very them. much inside them. 100%. Especially in the Edgerton character. Yeah, he may be the guy with the wife, the kids, and the house, but he is a violent motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They both are very capable of being their dad. Yeah. Very much so in different ways. <clears throat> so... Confession that when I first saw this movie back in 2011, I think it was. Right. I was eat on it. Oh, really? Okay. And I think part of it was for me, I went in with a lot of preconceptions. I was expecting something different. And I didn't get that. So I sat back and eh, I, was doing that. I, I didn't put myself in a headspace where I was going to appreciate the complexity of the story and the drama. I want. I was looking for an action movie. An action movie. <clears throat> and then this is. This, no, the action is kind of a, a character. It, it's set dressing in the background. In a weird way, it didn't have to be MMA. It would have to be something somewhat violent, I think. Right. But it could have been anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, in preparation for this podcast, I went back and rewatched it, and I'm going, oh yeah, this is way better than I ever gave it, gave it credit. Now I understand why so many of my martial arts friends have this movie on their list. Yeah. Um, in, in the past 10 years, I never went back to give it a second chance. I'm glad I did, because it, it's great. Well, and seeing them both, like, <laughs> we know it's going to come up to this competition between <laughs> the two brothers. Right. But there's a lot of opportunities as they're rising through the ranks and we see them fighting. We cheer for both of the brothers. Yeah. Right? So there's some genuine conflict, I think, within the audience yeah. when it comes to the two of them fighting. Tom Hardy is, of the two of them, the, quote, worse, I think. Like, arguably, you know, he's made the worst decisions of the two of them. Well, but, what they don't show in the movie, yeah. if you read, I'm going to give credit to IMDb, apparently there are scenes where he was in jail. Oh, wow. They filmed scenes where he was um, bare-knuckle fighting in, in a prison. <laughs> and they don't mention any of that. That's a kind of a dropped plot. I see. But they were trying to illustrate how bad this dude was, yeah. how far he had fallen. Well, and again, he, I think the brothers were still talking to each other, but he was the black sheep. He just hadn't been fully banished the way the father had been. Right. right. But he was probably on his way. Yeah. But I like that there's a lot of these fuck yeah moments in the ring, like Tommy <laughs> gets a good shot in it, and you're like, ooh, nice. Hey, right? an another movie where 
the one punch, he takes that first guy. That's right. <laughs> Boom. And we're all going, Oof. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Little throwback to Ambak there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't even consider that. They're such different movies. I mean, they both have fighting in them, but they're very, very different movies. But uh, I like the way the fights are happening inside the ring and that the violence is fairly represented. It didn't feel like, and I think this was my fear, this big advertisement for MMA, mm -hmm. even though it does culminate in a huge MMA event. And for me, having studied MMA and I have lots of friends and being a fan of MMA, right. most of the scenes are quite good. They're okay to watch MMA. See, the problem with filming MMA, especially when you're getting on the ground and doing the jiu-jitsu part... It's not that sexy, is it? It's not, because the moves are very subtle. They're small, they're little angles, they're in tight. They're not flamboyant, like a, a spinning back kick. And to the casual viewer who isn't trained, they don't know what's going on. They don't understand the minor angles that you have to manipulate or, or, or even the strategy, because you're setting up 10 moves in advance. That doesn't translate well. Yeah. But they did a pretty good job of capturing, making it interesting. Um, whereas Red Belt was a little bit more true to the BJJ, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right. and isn't as dramatic. And we'll talk probably yeah. about that. But I, it doesn't feel as violent somehow. Right. Um, because this feel like real violent fights. They don't really pull the punches as far as that. Right. When we see uh, Tommy's shoulder get dislocated, it looks, sounds, and feels terrible. It, it, it's it not a yeah moment. It's a, oh, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> like, that's terrible. I mean, I have very minimal fighting experience like i don't feel like i could credibly speak to it, but just looking at it from a boxing perspective where you're only allowed to use your arms and it's sort of a defense offense perspective and really the goal is to try and knock the other guy's chin a few inches to the left or right yeah. so that his knees give out on him um it's interesting to see how different people approach violence in 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 the movies and what i liked about it is they have the live broadcast sort of atmosphere and the live crowd and sort of the sort of jeering atmosphere. But when we get into it, it's it kind of drowns all of that out. And it is just these two guys in the octagon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think that in order for the fight to happen between the two guys, that's part of the challenge. In a weird way, it's sort of the thing that an actor does if he's doing live theater. There's 400 people sitting there watching you, and you have to pretend that they're not there mm -hmm. in order to do your job. Yeah. And that making the fight personal and visceral and violent. Scorsese tried with, with Raging Bull to make a more like artistic, sort of mm -hmm. slow-mo, the sweat and the blood and the punch. And, then, and they didn't go that way here, you know? Yeah. They made it look like an MMA fight looks, but they still maintained the spectacle and excitement. Well, and the one thing they didn't do is, <clears throat> I don't know what the term is for it, the jiggly camera. You yeah. know, some action shaky movies, cam. they shaky cam the shit out of it to make it look like it's more dynamic than it is. Yeah. They didn't do a lot of that in this movie. No, no. And uh, I obviously they played a lot of respect to the sport itself. And they knew with the Rocky formula that we got it. We have to have people that are underdogs that we cheer for and that like we know a lot about them to the left and right. Yeah. And the movie's patient. I think a lot of people, if they rented this or watched this thinking, I want to watch an action movie, yeah, maybe you'd be initially thrown back by it. Because it's actually kind of a character study oh, with yeah. fights in it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it speaks to my immaturity back then, how I went in expecting something and I didn't get it. So I kind of poo-pooed on it a little bit. 
But I'm glad I went back and rewatched it because, I, actually, if someone said you want to sit down and watch it again next week, I, I would because I enjoyed it that much. There's sometimes a disparity between the movie you expected <coughs> and the movie you get. Yeah. And I always advise to go back and watch it again. And if that's the case, like, especially if everyone else says it and you feel like in your bones you should have liked that movie, but you had this picture in your head of what you were going to get and you didn't get that, give it some time and, you know, maybe give it another day in court. I think that the production value and, like, the acting speaks for itself. I think it's really helped by this national song that they play at the end. Mm -hmm. The score just gets so loud and so big, like... It's impossible not to get involved in that thing. And it's that crowd experience. It's like, I don't like watching sports on TV, but if, uh, if someone's going to invite me to go see an actual game, being there yep. gets you involved and gets you into it. Yep. In a way, almost that like a camera can't show you. But this movie puts you there. Well, and I was reading, I didn't realize this, both these guys suffered injuries filming the movie. Torn ACLs and something like that, and broken ribs. Well, Tom Hardy, a few years earlier to this, was in that Star Trek movie. I don't know if you're a Star Trek man. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Nemesis, where yeah. he played like a, a clone of Picard. Right. And he was pencil skinny. Yeah. Like, he doubled he so, his mass. He is, he is massive. Is fucking in ripped in this movie. Okay, that was my one thing. I was noticeable for me that, you know, Edgerton. Pretty, pretty fit, but he's not nearly big enough to be fighting Tom Hardy. I think he made it credible, but yeah, yeah. Tom Hardy had it on some sort of next level, he, and he'll do that. Yeah. Like, did you ever see the movie he did, Bronson? Bronson, yes. Yeah, Where, <laughs> like for that, he did specific exercises that you could only do if you were in a cell, right? To give him a specific type of body form and look, right, and like, right. he is no doesn't make any half measures. He physically transformed himself into this guy, but he also nailed the performance. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and Tom, he is a tricky character because there's not a lot of reasons to like him, but we still kind of like him. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's a fine line to walk. So <clears throat> I was surprised that I liked this movie, and I felt like I, you know, my own biases kept me from it for a long time. So that was on me. But to my surprise, I am a big defender of. The Warrior, even though I do feel myself being manipulated. Like, it is. It is the Rocky template. Yep. It, like, it's not bringing a lot new here. It's just doing it really well. Really well. Um, you mentioned, like, they weren't, you mentioned it, they weren't big stars at the time. No. They were up-and-comers. <clears throat> and now when we look back, you're going, oh, uh, we can see it. But you didn't then. Like, who are these guys? What movies did they do? The star of this movie was Nolte. MMA. Well, yeah, MMA. And Nolte was a known... Yeah, yeah, he's a known quantity. They were they were both known quantities, but I don't think you could call them stars yet. You know? No, no, not at all. And, again, there's scenes that they cut out of Nolte's, too, that apparently are worthy of mention that they're on the DVD and stuff like that. The, But you don't get to see it in the theatrical release. Yeah, Nolte did some great performances in this. Yeah. Well, apparently I heard that he got, like, the first day he shot, that the entire crew gave him a round of applause for his first take. Like, they yeah. just couldn't believe he just was nailing it so hard. And he's always had that grizzled quality, but it seems like his voice has, like, somehow got to another Tom Waitsian level yeah. of gravel. <laughs> yeah, extra gravel. But if you look at him, he looks like he could have been an old boxer or an old wrestler. 
Well, he looked like he'd still be careful about messing with them. He's yeah. got to be in his 80s. Yeah, like. absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, great movie. Don't mess. Don't mess with that man. Nope. Good enough. Yeah. I can't fight Tai Chi for mine. It's disarmable. We want to see a pure-hearted man of Tai Chi become a killer. Says he's just undergone fighting, but it's something else. Killer be killed, Tiger. That's what I want. He has it in him. Why'd you win? Because I'm better. Finish him! didn't come here to kill. You owe me a life. So, uh, Man of Tai Chi is the directorial debut of the great saint <laughs> Keanu Reeves. And uh, he has done so many action movies, in particular the amount of training that he did for the Matrix movies, specifically. I think, like, Point Break was his first action movie, and Speed was the big blockbuster that sort of made him, you know, that guy for a while. But it's interesting how he was able to cultivate a career where... I'm a, I'm a fan of Keanu Reeves, so if I'm saying stuff that sounds shitty, just, <laughs> just, just measure it against the fact that I am a fan of Keanu Reeves. He has been able to find a way to find roles that agree with his talent set. Right. He's not a guy who can play just any part. Right, we did see that in <laughs> Ram Stoker's Dracula, or Much yes. Ado About Nothing, like anything. Period. He's a very contemporary, modern presence, yeah. I think, uh, and he's got a little bit of that surfer dude quality. I don't know if it's because of Bill and Ted and Point Break, or if it's just something about his vibe. There's just something agreed that there. takes it up. Um, I'm going to be very complimentary to his directing in this movie. But I do think that his performance is one of these C-minus, not great Keanu performances. And unfortunately, like the main character, uh, sorry, Tiger Chen. Tiger, yep. Uh, he is an amazing athlete and martial artist, but also doesn't have the same sort of personality. So basically, our hero and our villain are a little bit diluted by their performances. Yeah. The nuts and bolts of the movie, I think, work enough. I mean, it's ridiculous. Keanu Reeves is running this, like, high-profile fight club, and he recruiting he's recruiting people. And this guy, Tiger Chen, is, like, such a sweet, peaceful, loving guy. And that's what it's about for Keanu's character. It's not about seeing who wins the fights. It's about corrupting this guy, right? He, definitely. This is a guy who is le- sort of like Ong Bak, this sort of innocent, reluctant hero. Yep. Like in Warrior, those guys are violent men and they want to do it violent It wasn't a big things, stretch right? for them to get there. Yeah, this guy has to be bullied into these fights and each fight escalates and they're good at making this happen. Each fight is a little bit tougher for him and gets him closer to doing more serious damage to his opponent. Keanu Reeves' character wants this guy to kill someone, 
and that will fundamentally ruin something deep within him. It will break his integrity, and that will somehow be equal success. Right, that, vil- that villain will have pleasure <laughs> yeah, that, out of corrupting this man. He can yeah. wallow in his own crapulence and enjoy That yeah. was a real shitty thing that I did there. Yeah. Um, and the weird thing is, is that when you take the story as told from the beginning to the end, he is successful. He does. He achieves his goal. Yes. Yeah, but he the does. person that, of course, ends up getting killed is Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's a more interesting movie than it seems like on face value. But like I say, I think it's held back a little bit by its acting. But I like that each action sequence kind of grows upon the next and gets him closer to the corruption. And same thing with the money he's making and the comfort and the lifestyle and the respect. Like, it reminds me of another Keanu Reeves movie, The Devil's Advocate, right? Yeah. Where Keanu himself is slowly being corrupted by his his boss. Right. Uh, He is a devil figure in the movie. Yeah. It's fun. It's a lark. I think it's in the company of a lot of better movies, but it kind of got missed. A lot of people, this movie snuck by, and I'm like, no, 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 check out Man of Tai Chi, and by the way, Keanu, if you want to make another martial arts movie, sign me up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm a lukewarm, those... but a thumbs up review for I'm Man one of those Tai people. Chi. Until you said that's what we're going to review, I had never seen the movie. Right. It, I totally missed it. I'm going, what? Keanu Reeves is in a martial arts movie, and he directed it? Had no idea. It completely flew off my radar. And you know what? It's not going to be on my top ten list. Right. But I watched it. I didn't skip through the end. It was okay. It was. Um, And I'm 100% agree with you on the acting. Neither of them are getting any awards or mentions for their acting in this. But the mechanics of the movie, the premise of the movie, the filming, all pretty darn good. And when it's a story that's as ludicrous as this one is, right? You, you accomplish something. Like we, as an audience, decide to take the ride. And if we fought this movie even a little bit, like it would fall apart in our hands, right. right? Like if you was like, okay, so where is this building that he has like three floors that's dedicated to a fight and. Who's watching this fight, by the way? Like, where do we get to the point where profit is being made? Is it literally just Keanu watching this? It's not being broadcast on the internet? Or, like, there's not some silent room of, like, rich people? You know? Well, they do hint that there are people watching, watching but, this. But, like, I just don't know how this apparatus all exists and it, it ends to him making money or having any... Like, what what is the goal of this? Like, what... Yeah. It's not really adequately explained, and it's probably one of those things that there's no explanation that we would accept. Just go with it. Just suspend all, and we just go with it. And if the movie wasn't efficient enough, or wasn't good enough, if the action scenes weren't good enough, we would sit there and we'd start thinking about it. Yeah. And the second you stop and start to think about it, you're gonna get into some trouble. Yeah. (laughs) No, and in that sense, they they make you. Even though he's not a great actor, you you follow the character, uh, Tiger. You're going, ah, I feel for the guy. <clears throat> and let's see how far he can be pushed. Mm-hmm. And when he is pushed, he does pretty darn good. I, I like one of the early fights. He's wearing a suit and tie. Yeah. And uh, the tie is this real obstacle for him because the villain Keeps has pulling this on lever it. that he <laughs> has to keep using and manipulating yeah. him. And 
Because when he walked into the room, he didn't necessarily know that he was about to be entering. <laughs> you can this. jump from behind. Fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a fight's about to happen. Oh, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Like, it's moving so quick. And you're thinking, oh, he just got flipped by his tie. That's awesome. <laughs> but you're not <laughs> thinking, why did that happen? And see, for me, having studied martial arts, Tai Chi is not a combat right. martial art. And they, they kind of spun it to make it, again, suspend your... your Disbelief, disbelief and and believe that tai chi can be fatal yeah <laughs> but they did an okay job i hung in there and i'm going okay that was interesting well and uh, like when i was a little little kid i did judo it was a similar idea it's a defensive thing right someone takes a swing at you you duck and use their momentum against them to flip them over your back but really it's they did most of the work was the idea of it or the principles right. of it um but for him, it's just like he does not want to do harm. He doesn't want to hurt people. He's just, again, it, it's sort of so hilarious. He's like, he is physically quite small. He doesn't look like a guy who could like totally mess you up. He's right. got that Jet Li vibe. Yeah. Especially early Jet Li films where like he just you, you could you could walk past him and think he's like maybe a twelve or thirteen year old kid if you don't look close enough. Yep. But he could kill you three times before you even knew what happened to you. Well, in this movie, he does have that magic... Super punch. Super punch that will kill you. What do you think about the whole Keanu Reeves thing? Like, is does he win? <laughs> like, by killing this man at the end, like, is... Okay, but if you, so if you look in your memory and you look at the movie when Keanu's dying, he's surprised that he's dying. I think he's also gloating that he bit. has pushed this guy to killing. He has accomplished it. He says, I knew you had it in you? Or yeah, something, something like that. that, yeah. I can't remember the exact line, but it's so in no, that. No, in that he, uh, he, in a way, he wins. <laughs> I just, usually it's, there's there's the, the black and the white, yeah. and, and good tribes over evil here, and I don't think, like, the, the Tiger Chen character is going to become a supervillain or anything like that. But he is not the meek innocent that he was at the beginning oh, of the he's, movie. He's changed for he sure. He has changed. Yeah. And maybe maybe for the better, but maybe not for the better. Right. And I don't necessarily need a man of Tai Chi too to explain this all to me, but I don't know. It was another layer of paint that they didn't need to have in the movie and that it absolutely worked for me. And again, like, bring me another one. I'm sort of surprised. I mean, maybe because nobody watched it. He was just disappointed. It, it is a lot of work to to make a movie. <laughs> Absolutely it is. And I'm kind of embarrassed that it's a decent martial arts movie that I had, had no awareness of until you recommended it. I think it's this weird day and age that we're in now. There's so many different streaming sites and there's so many different movies coming out every week that, like, I'm sure I've missed a lot of great movies. Okay. Time was back in the day of blockbuster video. I was gonna say that. I know where you're going with this. You felt like you could keep up in a in a way if you were if you were a movie fan, you could at least choose a genre and you could keep up with all the action movies, right? You go through the titles and you go, I haven't seen that one. That's right. And now with streaming, I feel like I'm missing more. Yeah. And it's become quickly insurmountable. So it's like I'll just watch something that I've already seen now, right? Right. It makes me feel old. It makes me feel yeah. like the time is passing me by, but. Again, it makes it does make us sound old, but going nothing beats going into the store and going through all the racks to pick out the ones you haven't seen. This is new. And I can use an example. Um, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Um, Kill Bill? Nope, go back further. 
Reservoir Re- Dogs, Pulp Re- Fiction. Reservoir Dogs. Uh, and 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 the Kaiser Soze one. Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects. That was a recommendation from the clerk. Yeah. He said, this is awesome. I've said, I've never heard of it. Trust me. <laughs> Safe bet. And it's amazing. Blew your mind. Yeah. Blew my mind. <laughs> I miss not knowing what I'm looking for. Like, yeah. Uh, a lot of people are like, I'm running over to the video store. Oh, what are you getting? Like, I don't know. Yep. There's something there waiting for There you. is something there hidden in there, and yeah. it'll be gold. Yeah. Maybe there's another Man of Tai Chi. I guess we've kind of stopped talking about Man of Tai Chi. Is Sorry, there man. anything else? That's okay. Is there anything else you want to say about Tai Chi? Uh, man of Tai Chi? No. No. Um, although... Uh, I feel Keanu did a pretty good, pretty good job directing this movie. Yeah, it's not like an unsung treasure necessarily, but it doesn't deserve to be ignored. If you dismissed it because whatever reason, like it, it's totally worth a watch. It's just in pretty pretty tough company right here. Yeah, yeah. And jangan lupa bersenang senang. Redemption. Uh, this is, and just to get it out of the way, incredible action movie. An absolutely incredible action movie. Like, um, I remember the first time I saw the movie, after it was over, I somehow felt like I'd been in a fight. Like, I felt sort of exhausted from the endurance of, like, this incre- the entire movie. <laughs> and uh, when I originally talked about this movie on the podcast, it was kind of twinned with another action movie, which was remarkably similar in structure, called Dread. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the new version of Dread's okay. Dread? 100% copy. Yeah. Dread, ri- Dread ripped this movie off, I'm going to say. On a plot level, they are almost identical, but they're both <laughs> great movies. I yeah. have a lot of fun with both. Oh, well, I like Dread, yeah. but I know where it came from. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, as advertised, and it, they said it on the poster, there's like seven minutes of plot and then 97 minutes of blood and guts, right? Yeah. We establish uh, Ico, is that what we said? Is... Yeah, uh, Ico. 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 Uh, our, our main character, he's got a pregnant wife at home, he's, joining the, he's on the SWAT team, he's got a new crew that he's with. They take him to this building. Right away, he sniffs that something is unusual, just the approach being taken, and the two particular guys in command just, they're not, they're, they're, they don't behave correctly. Right. And they enter this hornet's nest, and it quickly becomes obvious that they're not here on official police business. No. And that once the gangsters, or whatever you would call them, realize they're in the building, that they are locked inside and they are ruthlessly outnumbered. 
And it is amazing how quickly we go from a cast of about a dozen people to a cast of three or four yeah. pretty messed up survivors. And they fight up several floors, they fight down several floors, they fight through hallways, they fight through apartments, and it is absolutely, like, relentlessly tense violent shocking visceral it's a ride it's one of those movies where you just hold on and you watch it and when the movie's credits start to roll you realize oh i should have been breathing (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so it completely is in absolutely works as a piece of entertainment it is enthralling to watch so yes it's a recommend uh as far as what i'm going to talk about and what the whole review is about it's just Oh my god, ow, that would hurt so much. Oh, that dude's head almost came completely <laughs> off. Like, like, you could argue there are things in the movie that are so ludicrous that you would just have to dismiss it. There's particularly one scene where one of the big boss fights is about to happen, where he unties his hostage and lets the two of them kind of stretch out and limber up. Then he starts the fight. Like, it's just one of those things, like, how badass is this guy? Like He is so confident. Yeah. <laughs> but while it's happening, I fucking love it. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's got a sequel. If you haven't seen that, watch it. Um, well, I want to say the name of the director. Ooh. I don't have it here. Do you have it on the IMDb? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, let me find our director. While we're while I'm looking, uh, Gareth Evans. Gareth Evans, thank you. Amazing job. One hundred percent. And I don't know the history of how they made this, but it to me follows the video game format. You have levels. Yeah. You fight your way through the levels. You you screw up. You fall back a few levels, and you fight up the levels to the big boss fights. That is this is like a video game premise, but it's not taken from a video game. No. Nope. <clears throat> um. I was also going to mention that it is subtitled. Yeah. However, there's not a lot of dialogue and there's not a lot of... It's fine. You could even probably... Yeah, a lot of the times they're wearing SWAT gear and helmets too, so like yeah. it's not like you'll be distracted by it. Not at all. So if some people don't like subtitles, it no, doesn't matter. This one does work on the level of just the momentum and the action. Yeah. But it does know when to take a breath too. There's also an incredibly <laughs> tense scene where they're hiding between a wall... And this dude keeps on stabbing this machete through the yeah, wall. Yeah. And I was getting like Evil Dead vibes. It was just like, this is getting pretty hard. <laughs> right? And the thing is with some of these movies, because they break the rules, you're going, oh, that, that guy could probably take a knife. I don't know where this is going. Yeah. There's some movies you're going, oh, no, the hero can never get killed or hurt. But you're going, no, I don't know, maybe they might kill off somebody in this movie. Well, the main star of this movie at this point, he's been in enough movies where he's got plot armor. But I think when the raid came out, you know, we didn't necessarily. No, I didn't know him. We couldn't count on any anybody or everybody making it to the end credits. Right. I mean, I think it was pretty obvious who the bad cops were pretty early in the. In, that was pretty obvious. But that's fine. Again, this movie is not about subtlety. Like again, when I think about the raid, it's like. Remember when that door got blown out and then he dragged that guy down and his neck hit the bottom frame of the door and just, like, he gurgled out in front of him? It's like, ow! Yeah. Or, like, when that guy got kicked down the stairwell he landed on his back on the beam halfway down and you're just like, I'm pretty sure that guy just died for this movie. <laughs> for the like, movie. And honestly, I always gave them credit how you, uh, unique and 
the fight sequences and the deaths were like, oh, you've never seen a guy die like that before. Oh, I've never seen a guy taken up that way before. And there's beat after beat after beat of it. like, mm-hmm. And it just keeps going and keeps going. It's not an overly long movie, but like I say, it feels draining because you're exhausted on behalf of the characters. They really do. They fill it up with a lot of action. There is a fantastic fight. The, that same henchman that I was just talking about before who lets them limber out before he fight. Yeah. There is a fight between he and one of the... Well, I guess the guy who was sort of in charge of the crew. Mm-hmm. And it's this really long, dragged-out fight. And you can see both fighters getting more and more physically exhausted. Yeah. And this guy's a big bad, and we know that he's going to end up fighting our hero. So we kind of know how this fight's going to end. Right. But it still sucks so hard because he fights so hard for so long. He and does. And you're just like... Ah, oh, dude. And you're on his side, and you know. Like, the movie knows that you know. And, like, they use all of your knowledge of that against you to make it suck a little bit more. But in a way that's really entertaining. So that character, he plays Mad Dog. And right. I can't pronounce that actor's name. But he's he, in tight. Yeah. After this, he was in a lot of martial arts movies. Right. Lots. Um, actually, I think he was in John Wick, actually. Yeah. He's... He's one of two guys who fight John Wick. Oh yeah, I've seen they've they uh, these guys have shown up in a lot of a lot of movies. I remember they when they were doing the Force Awakens, they announced that they had the raid team in for the Force Awakens, and I got super excited. And they show up on the Millennium Falcon for two seconds, and then they get eaten by a monster. And I was like, "You guys, seriously? You brought the fight team from the raid, and you didn't let them fucking fight? What are you doing? Right. I get that this is a Star Wars movie, but some of them have to do a flip before they got eaten. Come right. on. Right, right, right. <clears throat> I wonder if it was because they were fans. How, how, I don't know how they ended up there. but um, the Not to just try to review the second movie, but the, the second movie of the raid tries to do the raid over again, but tries to take itself a little bit more seriously, mm-hmm. and is much less video game and much more... I don't know, a wannabe godfather or some type yeah, of movie. Yeah, it was actually quite different. But I do think it works better in this sort of dirt simple, fight your way up, fight your way down. Get in and try and get out if you can. Like, as long as you're biting your nails going, how the hell is he going to get out of this situation, this next impossible situation? Be it by, you know, setting off an explosion while hiding behind a fridge or literally hacking a hole in the floor so he can <laughs> jump get to down. the floor yeah. below him because there's no safe exit. Like, yeah. I mean, even if I thought that was an option, I don't think I would have the ability to make that hole happen that quickly. Right. But while you're watching the movie, you don't question any of it. Once it gets outside of a building and becomes this sprawling gangster epic, there's a lot more air to breathe, and the fights seem as ludicrous as they actually are. Right. Like, in the real world, police officers don't get into physical contact where they kill 60 people in a day. Like, that just... It just doesn't happen. It's no. just not a thing that... Like, and the movie knows that, and just it lets itself exist in the world. I do think you can take yourself too seriously... But you can also not take yourself seriously enough. You gotta find this nice sweet spot, and the raid is raid right in that sweet spot. But they keep the violence and the tension ratcheted up to such a high level. They do. They ma- they maintain that momentum for the whole movie. It sort of feels like the similar experience I get when I'm watching a high octave horror movie. And then again, a lot of people say, "How can you watch horror movies?" And they're like, "Hell, how can you watch the raid?" 
Because the raid, I'm like, I bought the whole seat, but just needed the edge, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. What do you want when you're watching an action movie? I want that I, feeling I every think time. This goes toe to toe with any action movie that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm talking about <laughs> pure action. I mean, like, yes, Die Hard has a better script. This is a better action movie. Yep. Like the action in it is just, like I like I can't I can't compare the pace and how much they put into it. Very few accomplished this. No, no, no. So yeah, it it may feel like you're watching somebody play a video game, but like, it's amazing. And again, I'm not going to this movie for for, for the drama or the dialogue. Mm-hmm. No, but I got what I wanted out of it. You didn't and come then out some... of it thinking, like, who was the Christ figure in that figure? Or what philosophical tenet are they trying? No. No, no. like, that was a badass action movie. Badass. And I will watch it a dozen more a times. A dozen more times because there are so many unique ways that guys are beat up or taken out. Like, I've never seen that before. I want to see that again. Moves. It really does. So, yeah. I guess we're in agreement about it. Oh, oh, 100%. I, I don't have a lot negative to say. Again, I've watched it dubbed and I've watched it subtitled. Um, confession, I usually dislike subtitles. Right. I'm watching movies to escape. I don't want to have to work for it. Spoiler that way. This is not a plot movie either. No, so I'm okay watching the subtitled version of this one. Yeah. Um. It's not Parasite. It's not something you want to... No. No. Well, no, it is something they want to absorb, but you know what I mean? It's not something you need to, like, really pick apart. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I took it for what it was. I went in not knowing what to expect and came out just happily surprised how good it was. Yeah. And it is in my, probably my top three martial art movies of all time. I don't know what more need be said. Yeah, man. It's a short, but I mean... <laughs> I think it's going to be a great fight. I don't know why everybody's not coming to this fight. Pay-per-view is pulling back on the promotion. We're not selling tickets. We have a deal or we don't have a deal. We need a gimmick. What good's a deal if nobody's making any money? Time up. Think he has a handicap? No. The other guy has a handicap if he cannot control himself. Breathe. You know the escape. Breathe. There's always an escape. Your check bounced. My check? The martial arts supply. I can't make the rent. You have no cash. There's one rule. Put the other guy down. Just calm down. I'm calm, man. I'm calm. You calm down. Just want to have a drink. Why'd you come out alone? You looking for trouble? What happened? Bad boy jumped on a movie star. What about you? Nobody knows who I am. A man distracted is a man defeated. It's an invitation from Chap Frank. You train people to fight. I train people to prevail. Tell them your training method. The fighters before a fight. Three marbles. Each fighter has a two and three odds of choosing the white marble. White marble's a pass. What if he picks the black marble? Black marble's a handicap. Who imposes the terms of the battle will impose the terms of the peace. Each fighter will pick a marble. Should he pick a white marble, he'll be given a pass. You draw the black marble, you're either going to have one arm tied to your body or potentially both arms tied to your body. You stole my idea. You can't copyright an idea. He has a document of his training regime that he's used for many years. You want to make some money? Fight on the undercar. It's worth a quarter of a mil. Competition is weakening. What about the fighter's family? What do they eat? The fight is fixed. We pick who gets the white marble. Who gets the pass tonight? You. I'm ending the charade. Mr. Flair, I need to talk to you! You think you're going to the ring? You're going nowhere, Mike. You're going nowhere. There is no situation you could not escape. You know the escape.
So Red Belt was the movie that like I'm supposed to really really like, and Warrior was the one that I was supposed to rub me the wrong way. And as it turns out, the opposite is closer to the truth. Not that I hate Red Belt, but like it's not what I wanted the movie to be. And for right or for wrong, because Mamet has lost his goddamn mind, like as of the last ten years of his life, but. He's an influential figure, in theater especially. I did a, a, a stage production of Ben Larry Gun Ross, and, like, I got into the Mammoth verse and his very sort of specific style of dialogue. And he's the kind of guy that, like, he'll get obsessed with something and just, like, be all about that. And he got into this specific martial art <clears throat> and decided he was going to do a movie from it. And then bring all his friends along. For the ride, too. That's right. But because he doesn't typically do martial arts movies, like, uh, on one hand, I like that he doesn't talk down to the audience. Just because it's a, quote, martial arts movie, he's not necessarily dumbing himself down. He still has his mammoth zingers, and he still takes characters, and he makes the reveals unconventional. But because he doesn't do the fight structure of movies, he works in the thing that he's much more comfortable with, which is the con angle, which is the manipulation angle. He likes to write stories about alpha males who either manipulate people or alpha males who are being manipulated by right. people. Once again, we have Chewetival Ejiofor. I believe that's how you say his name. He's a British actor. Yep. Um, and he is trying to do the right thing. And by always doing the right and noble thing... He's being kicked by the universe repeatedly, again and again and again. And it rings this really sour note for me. It reminds me of this old Liam Neeson movie, uh, Rob Roy, where the main character of the movie lives by this very strict set of rules that he sets upon himself. And by stringently following those rules, he fucks his life, like, completely. Yeah. And then, at the end of the movie, he finally says, fuck the rules that I have been putting on myself. And he does a violent act. And that is the thing that gives him his victory. It's sort of like what we talked about in The Man of Tai Chi, only it's not really set up. And it's not like a reward. It's like, this guy is completely noble and completely trying to do the right thing. And the world's punishing him for it. And the only way, the only way he can see success is to break his rules, is to break everything that, all of his integrity, everything that he does to define himself. Yeah. And if we shared his love or understood or respected these rules, then maybe that would work. But I hope it's a misrepresentation of the, of the art because I found them to be Klingons. Like his cop friend that uh, is so involved with this that instead of dishonoring himself or his dojo, yeah. he takes his own fucking life. He's a police officer. Yeah. He's a cop. And he's way more committed to his dojo than he is to his... Like, it doesn't seem real to me. Like, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe the movie. And as much as I can get a smile at, like, the way... He reveals things. We don't know that that guy's a cop. We see him sparring in the <laughs> class. And when he goes down, uh, Chudel says, Officer down, Officer down. Right, right. And that motivates him to fight more. Then in the next scene, we see him in the locker room. He changes into his police uniform. And you go, Oh, 
officer down. Okay, Ma- making that's sense. That's very mounted, right? Like he's yeah. he's not talking down to you. He wants you to engage with his characters, and everybody has a real zinger. And he he brings his crew. Ricky Jay comes in. Tim Allen, a guy I've never liked particularly <clears throat> as an actor. He's decent in the movie, but I mean. Yeah, what in, he in a dramatic, not, yeah. not comedic at no. all. But in the end, what he contributes to the movie is very minimal. Yeah. And it's very true of the movie entirely. Like It keeps on introducing more characters, but those characters really don't have a lot to play in the overarching story. We're just, this is another interesting character because this movie needs to be 100 minutes, but does this have anything to do with the themes? Does this have anything to do with the dojo? Does this have anything to do with martial arts? It's a conversation about martial arts that has a couple of fights in it, but it's not one of the strongest David Mamet movies. No. If you're a fan of Mamet, if you're a fan of his style, and like his people are in it, Ed, Ed O'Neill makes an a, a, a appearance in here uncredited. Yep. A lot of his people are in the movie, and they deliver that Mamet dialogue. It, it is what it is, but it wants to be this sort of masculine, raw martial arts sort of examination and by mammoth standards i would say it's kind of weak <clears throat> it is and i remember seeing this a few years ago i think it showed up in one of my streaming feeds oh martial arts let's watch it yeah. and again it's uh brazilian jiu-jitsu i'm curious let's watch this mm, it didn't work for me back then and i watched it again for this and it's still not great it I'll be good if I don't watch it in another five or so years. <laughs> well, again, like, and I don't know that it's definitely going to improve, appreciate. I mean, you never know the movies that appreciate and don't. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to call it. But I also just, I, I don't like the psychology of the movie. It's the same thing that Rob Roy had. Like, it, the whole movie you're watching Chiwetel Ejiofor's character get just pounded into the pavement. Girlfriend betrays him. Yeah. Top student betrays him. The other, the, the Spanish guy. Yeah, his friend in the movie set, Tim Allen, gives him a stolen watch, which causes all of these right? complications. And then him. one of his other students commits suicide. Like, everybody's just screwing this guy Even over. the woman who accidentally breaks the window. Like, he doesn't want it to be a bad deal for her, but it's this, like, life-changing obstacle for him. So right. she shot the fucking window. Let her pay for the fucking window. Like, yeah. He is in his own way so much that it's hard to take him seriously or after a point sympathize. <clears throat> now, I know that he gets wrapped up in this big movie con and they, they steal his wisdom and put it into their movie and they don't reimburse him. But, like, that whole plot... That's just... It's dropped. It, it, <laughs> and all it does is eat the clock. Like the, you can, the wheels are spinning, but we're not moving anywhere. That extra plot that they just kind of threw in there. And he has made the Spanish prisoner is a great example of it, like movies about con artists that are quite fascinating. House of Games. He likes people doing that. He likes the manipulation and he likes to trick the audience and the character. And you could argue that he does that here, but it has nothing to do with the story he's telling. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> and the other thing is, do you think because he's such a fan and respects Brazilian Jiu Jitsu that he didn't want to Hollywood it up? And kung fu it up, and that he stayed so true to the real Brazilian jiu-jitsu that it was it's boring. You're watching them kind of wrestle on the ground a little bit, and a person who is not well versed in Brazilian jiu-jitsu wouldn't know what's going on if they're watching it, and it's not explained, and it's not made flamboyant. 
like your kung fu movies. Therefore, it just wasn't engaging. Also, the ending doesn't make sense. The ending? Oh, don't you? Get... <laughs> okay. <laughs> he gets two belts at the end, one from the master, and then one for winning a tournament when yeah. he didn't fight it in the... He didn't fight in the, in the ring. He fought in a hallway. In a hallway? And somehow and every, everybody, and everybody saw it. Right, and, and, and everybody's in awe of him? Yeah. I uh, know, the two ending... What the fuck just happened? That's what like, I thought. First of all, you didn't want to fight. You weren't going to fight. You were even, no matter what it cost you. Yeah. It cost you everything. You're not going to fight. And then finally you realize they're going to do a rigged fight in front of this master. Yeah. And you can't live with it anymore. So you have a fight in a in hallway, hallway. Which somehow everybody seems to see. Yeah. And they somehow just know that you're doing it for the honor of the sport. Yeah. And then they give you this thing and... I don't know much about this, but here's one thing I do know. The red belt is not just given to one person. There's over 50 people right now in existence that have a red belt in this art. Like, it's not. it takes your lifetime to achieve it. It's like a really high it's, thing. It's a major thing. It is not the, you know, be-all, end-all, like, thing that can be given to you. And I don't know. It didn't make sense. It misrepresented the sport, and then the movie suddenly ended, and I was like, "One hundred. I'm on the same page as you with that whole. Holy shit! What just happened to that ending?" <laughs> and again, he he studied the sport. He he was obsessed with it. Like yeah. you'd think, either he was given bad information, or he chose to tell these lies, which yeah. in either case is kind of embarrassing, right? Yeah. But. Again, I I do have a measure of respect for Mamet. I think he's one of these people who's just been too successful for too long, and it's kind of got to his head. I don't think he's made a truly solid movie since Spartan, and I'm not holding my breath for him to come out with another one. I'm usually curious enough that I'll get around to watching the next David Mamet movie, but I think that he needs to maybe stay closer to his lane. And uh, he's... (laughs) Clearly not uh, a guy who was put on this earth to make a martial arts movie. Uh, he could maybe make a stage play about martial arts movies or about people talking about martial mm-hmm. arts or the philosophy behind martial arts or con artists who happen to also be into martial arts. But I don't think he can handle a straight martial arts movie. And maybe that was the problem. Maybe they shouldn't have advertised it as such. Anytime you see any press on this movie, it's all about the fight, the fight, the fight. And, I don't know, it's about Chudal Ejiofor being this stubborn Klingon. (laughs) And, yeah, it sucks that his life is being torn apart. And, yeah, a lot of it is just bullies and things out of his hands. But a lot of it is his choice. Yeah. And there is no satisfying resolution. Or, as we've just discussed, an ending that even... Makes sense. It, it was a letdown ending for someone who has won a Pulitzer Prize for writing. Like, I feel like we've fallen pretty far here. Yeah, yeah. He wrote it. It's like he wrote the movie, and it's like, what happened there? Uh, I've been if, mean, but that's all I got to say about. Red if some, Belt. <laughs> if someone's asking me for, uh, hey, what, what martial arts movie should I watch tonight? This isn't coming up. No, no, no.
thank you so much for doing this, Salvador. Uh, and, uh, yes, six martial arts movies, but it's pretty loose. Like, we have some dramas, we have some action movies, we have some pure martial arts movies, and it's a little bit vague. But um, I think you might have won as far as the quality of the movies that you picked in this particular group than the ones I picked this group. But I think we might change places next, next, when next we meet. Right, right. Because uh, I've got one in there that's going to hurt it's, me. It's a bit of a wild card. Um, but that's okay. What was your least favorite of these six movies and why? I, I have the feeling like we're not going to agree necessarily, but I don't think we're going to fight over it either. Least favorite? Yeah. Probably Red Belt. Okay. Yeah. For all the reasons we just discussed. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, sucky ending, sucky plot. It didn't demonstrate martial art very well it's just that one was a chore to watch again for me i've seen it a couple times now yeah, i'm good yeah all right number five <clears throat> probably man of tai chi okay. um and again it, it scores much higher than red belt in its position although oh. it's fifth it's still so much better to me. I enjoyed it. I will watch it again. I would even tell people, hey, there's this one I just learned about. you got to watch Tight Man of Tai Chi. Uh, it, Keanu although, is Keanu in yeah. it, but still although, watch it. <laughs> yeah. Although it's in fifth place, I would still recommend yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the only one of this group that you would actively say avoid is Red Belt then. Yeah. Like that's a cat that we can build. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In fourth place? Um, that's tough because I'm, I'm going... For me, I'm I'm struggling with between uh, Enter the Dragon and and uh, I'm back or uh, it's so tough. Stresses <laughs> on. For me, Warrior is such a good movie, but maybe I'm gonna put that in in fourth place. Okay. Only for the fact that to me, it's more in the drama than martial arts. The martial arts is kind of background. It's set dressing. So if we're talking about movies, maybe it's higher up on the list. But if we're talking about martial arts, uh, yeah, see that's that's where my struggle is. I get you. Um, and then I'm also throwing in some personal influence, influential to me when I was a kid, or influential to me when I was a practicing martial artist. Warrior would not have that effect on me, right? But it's still a great movie. We'll always recommend people. You got to watch that one. Totally with your time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. That brings us to number three then. <sighs> So that's where Enter the Dragon's going to fall? That's probably where Enter, Enter the Dragon falls. It was hugely influential, but it doesn't have what the next two will have. And again, it's close. These could flip a little yeah. bit. They're very close. I find with the lists, the middle of the list are weirdly harder than the top and bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And second place, on back. Yeah. And first, raid. Yeah. And just raid for the martial arts quality of it. Like, if we're... Throwing DVDs on the uh, on the pile, and we're going choose your favorite martial arts movie of all time. It'll be Raid. Yeah, it's the safest bet. I think the Raid. If like if I was if someone hadn't seen any of these movies somehow, mm -hmm. they, they they walked in and said, "Oh, what movies are you guys ranking?" And we listed them all, and they said, "I haven't seen any of those." The one that I would say, "Sit down, we're putting it in right now," <laughs> yeah. is the Raid. Yeah. Uh, we're going to agree on the top and bottom of the list. The middle, maybe less so, but again, I don't think it's something that I'm like super passionate about. It's like, how dare you, sirs? <laughs> <laughs> yes, in sixth place is Red Belt. Again, for everything you said and everything we said in the review, 
But, like, I also just found it unpleasant. Like, it was scene after scene of this guy getting screwed over and being raked over the coals and bad things happening to him. And even I never though cheered, it has a, quote, I never cheered happy for ending. Him. Yeah. I was not on his side. And I don't necessarily feel like his life's going to improve. No. Like, he just seems like a guy who made bad choices. Yeah. We're also in agreement in fifth place, actually. I put Man of Tai Chi. Don't dislike it. It's twice or three times the movie that Red Belt is. And as far as delivering on what you want from a martial arts movie, it absolutely does that. The acting took it down a peg, and it's in a list full of just better movies. It seems uncharitable to put Enter the Dragon, such an important, significant movie, all the way in fourth place. But I have to be honest, like... Again, if I was going to watch one of these movies right now, or again, if someone hadn't seen all of these movies, like, would I tell, tell them to go to Enter the Dragon first? I would say, you need to watch Enter the Dragon, but, like, you can get to it, you know? Yeah. But uh, I would, I'd be more excited to show them Ong Bak, you know? Like, <laughs> in third place, I did put Ong Bak, but third and second one, I had a little bit of, like, because they're doing such different things. Ong Bak is delivering everything you want from the martial arts techniques and like the stunt and wire work perspective like the highlight reel of Ong Bak is just a chef kiss you know like it just just love it love it love it warrior I think partly because it surprised me so much because I went in so shields up and so like this is not for me like a little bit of homework I was surprised at how much I liked it and how emotionally resonant it did. The ending of the movie is powerful. I feel the manipulation <laughs> and in some level resent the manipulation, but they pulled some man tears from me and like I can't deny that that happened. <laughs> so right. I'm going to give it second place. And also just special shout out to Nick Nolte. I think that you know the, the fighters give the more showier role. In a weird way, Nolte had the real tough job because mm-hmm. he's a piece of shit that we're supposed to like for some reason yeah. so yeah. yeah and we go back to agreement with the raid redemption at number one just an absolutely enthralling invigorating exciting just shit your pants action movie right. so right. like all stops pulled out like <clears throat> it is like i said when the review like i felt kind of physically tired after i watched the movie the <laughs> yeah. first time yeah yeah, it would have been a hell of a thing actually to see on a big screen, like in a theater. I bet you it would have just been overwhelming. <laughs> I bet it was. Yeah, yeah. So close, but no cigar. But we have another chance because we're going to do this again. We are. And once again, with three movies you picked and, and three, three that I, you picked. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the people of the internet no. before I sign off? Dude, thank you for having me, and uh, I can't wait to do the next one. Sweet. All right. endeth the lesson on the first of this two-part Scrappy Pictures Rank and Review podcast. Mr. Frank will be back for the next episode. He will pick three more movies. I will pick three more movies, and we will hash this out again. 
it's a battle of who picked the better movies and uh, who has better things to say about it. Or maybe it's just a friendly conversation and I'm just trying to keep in the theme of conflict. I hope you liked that one. I hope you have feedback for me. You can send that to rankandreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. The website is rankandreview.ca because I'm up here in Canada. Please tell that other movie lover in your life about the podcast. And I'll be talking to you again real soon. We drop every other Wednesday. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, yesterday on the podcast that I recorded. Yeah. The question came up about um, me watching violence, like martial arts movies as a kid. Yeah. Did you have a problem with that when I was a kid, me watching kung fu and martial arts movies? Oh, fuck no. You and Grandpa used to watch it together. Okay. Do, do you remember? Y- yeah. Yes. I, I I do. But in a, when I when Larry asked me the question, what was different is that you would let us watch Stampede Wrestling (WWF). You had choice words for if that stuff came on TV, but yet you were okay with us watching kung fu movies. Yeah, exactly. What? Why? Kung, kung fu was, to me, like self-defense and more of an art. And and wrestling was just uh, theater, violence, and stupidity. Okay. It, it, it wasn't an art. It, it was just like a, a money grab. Like, here, look at how bad I can get hurt and pay me for it. It's, it wasn't defense. It was just stupidity. And do you remember on Saturday mornings if we were turning the channels and you heard it kind of come across the TV, what you would say? No, but I couldn't. <laughs> No, what did I used to say? No, no, it's only if you remember it. <laughs> no, tell me. You used to lose your mind. Well, I know. I know that. Turn but back you must... fucking shit off or there's no TV. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, okay. Okay. I was wondering. So, I answered your question. Yeah. Okay.